0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. So today we are so excited because we have Spencer Lodge with us. Now, Spencer is uh, the chairman of Blue Sky Thinking Group, uh, which operates across several verticals. Um, We'll get him to tell us a little bit about that. And he has his own podcast. It's called the Spencer Lodge podcast. Um, And overall, he's just a hustler at heart. So we love having him Mm -hmm. on the show. Um, And we'll give Spencer a minute to tell us about all of his achievements um, that, that he's accomplished over the years. So your minute starts. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I'm all bashful now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have a minute. Ten seconds up.
1: So, left school, no qualifications, failed miserably, um, couldn't get into college, couldn't get into university because I wasn't intelligent enough. So, they said, Um, my teacher, careers advisor said I should take up carpentry. Um, Wow. And so, I then got an opportunity to get into sales as a young person. Um, And I went to work for Rank Xerox and was taught how to sell office equipment but rank zero it's being such a big company had a structured training program so i had uh, three years there loved every minute of that and then i went to sell financial services i've lived in 10 countries building a financial services company um, uh, been in Dubai for 15 years. In 2012, I sold my shares in that financial services company. Took a year out. Had a, something wrong with my back. How much time have I got left? And um, and and, <laughs> uh, and, okay. uh, and then um, uh, I then started to, to found my own companies. And and I established the Blue Sky Thinking Group, which had a wealth management firm, an insurance brokerage, a first aid training company, which is a particular sentimentally attached one for me, um, and a, and a piece of HR software which. I bought for peanuts and it's worth a lot of money, but I didn't enjoy any of them uh, okay. deep down. I didn't get joy from them. I knew that I wanted to do something different and my business partner, Danielle, I asked one day, would you like to run these businesses? And she's worked with me now for 14 years and she looked at me and she said, of course I would. And I said, like, okay. And she said, one condition. And I'm like, what's the condition? She said, I want your car park pass back. Oh, wow. And I'm like, why? She said, because. You, i want to be the boss and if you're in and out of the office all the time then you're going to be having all the people coming to you because you own most of this company and i'm not going to get a chance to put my stamp on it so give me the car park pass back okay. uh, agree to come in once a month only mm-hmm. uh, and i'll give it give it a go and she's done an incredible job with it i mean she's done better than i personally could have done but i don't say that that often <laughs> um not we'll as often make sure
0: to send the link to Dan <laughs> no, you said.
1: um but she's, she's a talent beyond belief and then what i got a chance to do do was i wanted to get into the world of kind of e-commerce and understanding what was going on there and so e-learning for me was an interesting area so i had this brilliant idea mm-hmm. i was going to set an e-learning platform up i was going to be the e-learning platform king of sales <laughs> um, and so i went into a studio and i remember that um i needed to i, re- I rented a studio for two weeks mm-hmm. to record everything and okay. often so and when i went into the studio the producer said to me um right so can we have the schedule please so we can go through it all." i'm don't worry it's all up there. <laughs> Don't you worry. And um and so he's like, Okay, fine. And after two days I ran out of content. I literally didn't yeah. I, I I everything I thought I knew I didn't have. Yeah. So I then went back into, this was in South Africa. I went back into the hotel and locked myself in the room for two days and came up with all the content. And so then for the next two weeks, we filmed and filmed and filmed 450 videos into 26 courses teaching the A to Z of selling. Um, Wow. And it was, yeah, it was an exciting time, like super exciting. (laughs) And then it got kind of boring because editing takes forever on that many videos. Yeah. So the editors were, you know, dragging out. Then the website was designed and this, you know, Teachable was the software we were using and it was being inserted into this website and it was all cool and we launched it in december of 2016 yay it was so exciting and then it went flat immediately because i realized i had no interaction with people Hmm. so we had this product that was online that people were buying but they weren't talking to me
0: they didn't know you
1: so they didn't know me it says that no one no one why talk to me when you've got an online e-learning course right so And I felt very empty and lost. So I then decided that I needed to change that. And so I started to work with companies and started to help companies restructure and re-strategize their sales approach. Um, And then I started to run seminars and workshops and classes for individuals and coach people. and I love it. I love every minute of every day of doing yeah. it. Um, uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a salesperson through and through. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough to lean into sales for all of my businesses over the years, and mm-hmm. and you know, and I'm very self-aware, so I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. So okay. there's no point in me trying to do the coding on the software there's no point me trying to run the finances i'm just not interested in it Mm -hmm. and so i find other people to do the things that i'm not good at and i stay focused on what i'm good at and that has enabled me to build a a really strong group of people around me that are very talented but empower them to do what they love Mm -hmm. um rather than be some kind of crazy control freak so that was like four (laughs) or five minutes so sorry didn't do it a minute (laughs) no that's that's okay
0: i think it's i think it's hard to capture everything that you've done in a minute um, but I you I think
2: uh, you missed out on your book, book. Exactly. oh man see there you go so I wrote a
1: book <laughs> that just that was launched about three months ago that was a, a number one bestseller in less than 24 hours it went crazy Congratulations. It's, We who sold lots of that book and i'm very proud of that because it's
0: called making it happen it's called
2: making it happen the ultimate guide to selling mm-hmm. awesome Great. so it does it have a middle eastern uh twist to it or is it general sales uh-
1: it leans on it yeah. But, but because I've been here for fifteen years, that's why it leans on it you know this is the longest I've lived anywhere in my life you know okay. after so many countries that I've lived in I've never been anywhere for fifteen years um so I think uh, there's aspects of it that are Accepting that we live in an environment where it's not a Brit selling to a Brit all day long or a German selling to a German You know, I have to understand how Indians Emiratis Egyptians You know all these different nations how they think and they, they don't buy all the same So you have to learn how they think in, about their buying process, right? So that's in the book Yeah,
2: I think that's a huge challenge out here So it's so multicultural like and people come from different backgrounds Value systems are different, so I guess uh, it does impact it in a big way, right? Uh, So, uh, I was just curious, why did you decide to start so many verticals within uh, Blue Sky? Sky, Okay,
1: so it didn't start like that. So, the beginning was a wealth management business, and your experience was in wealth management i've been okay, in, in i've been in financial services for most of my career yeah. okay so when i sold my equity in the company that i was part of i i was never going to go back into financial services <laughs> i took that took 12 months out i was on gardening leave for 12 months and i went straight back into financial services okay but what happened is i watched somebody die on a football pitch one evening mm-hmm. um, a 23 year old kid had a heart attack and i didn't know how to treat him mm-hmm. neither did any of the other players the ambulance came, took him away. It was very sad, but it really shocked me that someone could die and I didn't know what to do. And so what what I then did is went to go and get first aid trained. I never wanted to be in that position again. Mm. And then I saw this first aid company. It wasn't doing so well. And I'm like, hold on a minute. Is there something I can do with this? Yeah. Um, And we started then, when that was set up, we started then to run initiatives across the the city, Mm -hmm. teaching people how to give first aid. So there was one called the Kids Initiative that was running in schools and uh, and nurseries, Okay, uh, where we would teach the staff in the nurseries and the schools Mm -hmm. and the parents Mm -hmm. about the first aid.
0: I'm surprised they weren't doing that before.
1: Yeah, uh, this is mad what happened. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we then did it as well in companies and that was called the, the safe and sound campaign, but it was the same okay. thing. Mm-hmm. But what we were doing, we were talking to people, and teaching them first aid. So there's three nurses teaching first aid. Mm-hmm. And then the question was, what happens if someone dies? And what happens if someone gets really sick? And because of that question was asked, people were then asking the question, well, my, my husband's not insured, or my wife's not insured. Did somebody get sick? Do you have life insurance? Do you have a critical illness cover? What, you know, cancer prevalent, heart attacks, strokes, it's just kind of normal stuff for older people. Mm. Um, but when you look at men, the highest rate, the, 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 more, the highest chance of you getting a critical illness in your life comes between the age of 45 and 50 for a wow. man. Okay. Not much older as we imagined. Mm. So then people started to want to inquire about buying medical insurance and critical illness insurance and life insurance, and that tied in very well and now we 've run over two thousand workshops across the city okay. um, educating people so that business tied in very well with the wealth management business and 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 then, as well because we were providing insurance, it was we started to try and sell group medical insurance to companies, but it was like the Indian mafia run that industry. Oh, really? It was like the discounts that were going on. The, the, everything was about every you know undercutting each other. It was, it was a dirty business, and you know I say like the Indian mafia, not the Indian mafia, but it, the India <laughs> the Indians owned it. They they properly owned that yeah. industry. Yeah, no, so,
0: but every industry over here has some kind of mafia. So in advertising and marketing, it's the Lebanese yeah mafia. Lebanese
1: mafia for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, so then these two guys came to our office one day with a piece of software and they said the following. We want to do a joint venture with an insurance broker. We have this piece of HR management software. And would correct, you, would yeah. you consider it? Yeah. And so I sat with them for three hours looking through this software and I walked out of the office and Danielle said, what was it like? What was it like? Tell me. I went, I have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell you what they've been talking about. She's like, you're so, you drive me mad. So she then went in and spoke with them. And the thing that, that shocked me more than anything else is they'd been with this software to every other licensed insurance broker in the city. We were the last one. Okay. And everyone had said no. We saw it and we realized there was an opportunity mm-hmm. to gather data. Yeah. And then to provide this software to companies for free. So the software goes into companies for free. Mm-hmm. They have the software. It runs all of their HR administration. So um, NOCs, um, mm-hmm. visas, passports, uh, payrolls, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, And that was launched going into companies for free. On the proviso, they would allow us, when the renewal date came, to compete for the medical insurance. Okay. Well, you've oh. got free software. Yeah. <laughs> A bit of an arm twister, isn't it is yeah that yep. so that's what happened, and it, he was hugely like hugely successful, like one hundred and fifty thousand invest, dollar investment is worth eighty seven million dollars. Wow. wow. So that's that's the
2: where it the difference. So so was it that uh, the tool allowed you to get into companies and then sell insurance to them basically? Yeah, go into companies and then when the renewal
1: date came they said yes you can compete and mm-hmm. insurance you know, we then started all of that Indian mafia, the kind of brown envelopes, the backhanders, the you know, the, the discounts. Mm-hmm. It all went because we're like, Well that's the price, do you want the free software or not? And mm-hmm. by then they'd been using it and integrated it into their company and they relied on it right Uh their alternative was to go and buy software that did something like that which would cost them you know a lot of money
2: and That's the change management I'm in IT so you know like yeah. I know how, how it was modeled on a company
1: called Zenefits in America Okay. so Zenefits in the States became huge it was the fastest growing startup in history Zenefits mm-hmm. a guy called Parker Conrad um, had testicular cancer mm-hmm. and he went through the whole insurance process and it became a real no, no I'm going to say this it became a real bore lake for him
0: <laughs> it's okay you can say that <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, huh?
1: As I, as I was about to say, it was coming out. I'm like, no, um, it was a real, it was a right pain. And so that, that that he came, and then somebody that worked on the development of that software in the states is from here. Okay, okay. and he was one of the two guys that came to the office, and oh. they, they'd redesigned it for the Middle Eastern market.
0: Okay, awesome. very interesting. I guess uh, that I mean, you you said you're a salesman through and through. I guess isn't this one of the principles of sales where you give something to someone of value in the hopes that it just gets you in in with them and then you get them to convert
1: um yes and no i think selling's changed over the course of the last 20 years um selling used to be about get data Mm -hmm. get in front of a prospect make a sale, bring value. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was the process. Nowadays, it's much different. People want the value first. So you have to bring value, genuine value to people. And so my opinion is if you get the data and you approach somebody and then you turn them into a prospect, turn them into a client and add value, that's essentially selling one to one. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, you have to sell one to many. Social media allows that and it demands that. And essentially what you're doing is you're bringing your value to a large audience. And instead of pushing after them, You're pulling them towards you Mm -hmm. and so bringing that value to people in 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 large numbers means you get the opportunity to and it's a completely different situation Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to be sold everybody wants to buy yeah so people have to believe that they're buying and not being sold Mm -hmm. and if you can master that then you're on to a good thing
0: i think it's also about the mentality changing because it's also about instant gratification right like i want the value first And then I'll decide if, you know, I'll bite or not. So I I think that aside from the fact that there are channels like social where you can talk from one to many. I mean, we are doing that through this podcast as well. And you're doing that with yours. Um, Aside from that, it's also about um, just giving value to people immediately because they're seeking value and they want it right now.
1: uh, you're you're right but to me look at where people's eyes are sadly we're all staring at our phones morning noon and night the first thing we do when we wake up is stare at our phone we go to the bathroom we stare at our phone we go to work we stare at our phone we put our earphones in so we can't be heard or we read the subtitles on the videos you know that's what's going on and if we're aware of that and we understand where the attention is and make us your, make yourself available where people's attention is so yeah. if, my, if people are staring at their phones be there you know you take billboards on the side of motorways i think it's hilarious now mm-hmm. you know, yeah. let's say we were friends and i and i picked you up from the airport and i was driving you here from the airport one evening and you got in the car your suitcases are in the back and i'm driving what are you staring at your phones oh, yeah you're not staring at the billboards you're staring yeah. at your phones what am i staring at i'm driving yeah, you're
0: staring at the road. I'm I mean, staring
1: at my phone because four out of five people on the road. Four out of five people on the roads are staring at their phones mm-hmm. when they're driving. We know that we see it. Yeah, yeah. so not that I am, but the the, the, the the typically that happens. So if people aren't staring at billboards, they're staring at their phones. Why put a billboard up? Why advertise there? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think
2: the value proposition of a billboard is, uh gone down drastically. Like I think it's way overpriced as well. Like. Uh, I don't know if you get the kind of return on a billboard anymore. How do you measure it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. you,
0: you don't, but uh, I'm in marketing and I have clients coming to me that want to be on billboards and things. The thing is, it is a little bit different in this market because even for e-commerce players, um, outdoor advertising is a way for them to establish trust. Yes, it doesn't get the same amount of eyeballs that it used to because everyone's staring at a screen. Um, But you'll see the likes of Namshi, Suk, Noon, all of them still advertise on outdoor because it helps helps validate the brand to a lot of people. So it's going to go away. It's going to happen very soon. And people who are doing it have tons and tons of money to spend um, on outdoor advertising. But this is the reason why they still do it. And it's going soon. (laughs) So, yeah
1: once the big brands realize where the attention really is Mm -hmm. the money they spend on outdoor advertising if they spent that on social Mm -hmm. they would dominate it the moment BMW works that out Mm. all those watch brands work it out the moment the the millions of dirhams that they're spending that if they just piled that into where people's eyes were okay I think their their benefit would be massive
2: I think uh, I think they do that already Mm -hmm. Um, they they do have an omni-channel approach and I do see some value in in like billboards, as she said, like it establishes your brand or it's like, you know, okay, you know that when you see a brand on a billboard, like they have enough money to buy that billboard. Hold on a minute. You're missing the point. You said it establishes the brand for the people
1: that see it. Yeah, who's seeing it? (laughs) So who's looking at it? Yeah, okay. If if, if you and I are looking out of your window here and Mm -hmm. there's a billboard across the road and every night you have a a cup of coffee on your balcony and you look out that window and you see that billboard fine. But... That's not the case on all of the other mm-hmm. billboards. Mm-hmm. I don't have any billboards outside my house. Mm-hmm. I don't look at the billboards on the highway.
0: And yeah. even when you're in your balcony, you're looking at your phone. So yeah. so
1: for me, yes, of course, if people are looking at the billboards, I agree mm-hmm. with you, it established
2: brand credibility. But who is? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And also, I think it's a really bad idea for a startup to get yeah. a billboard. Oh, yeah. man. Performance marketing. Crazy money.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need performance we, marketing. We saw some startups that just like painted the city black and red i'm not going to name the startup but and now you don't hear from them at all i think it's it's just a very very poor use of funds and our target audience listening to this podcast is all startups and founders so what advice would you give from your years of establishing businesses, exiting businesses, um, writing books, and just talking to people of ha- uh, about how to sell themselves, their idea, their businesses better, what advice can you share for our listeners that's going to help them pitch yeah. or so, so, recruit? So-
1: the you've got two you've got two examples you've got the guy with the perfect product Mm -hmm. it's the best thing ever he's created the daddy of the daddies Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and he has no idea how to get it out there Mm -hmm. and then you've got the guy that's got the product that's nowhere near as good it's 50 percent as good but he knows how to sell it Mm -hmm. who's going to win
0: the guy who can sell
1: the guy who can sell so it doesn't matter how great your product is you can you can bang on about being the next unicorn all you like you can bang on about the differences it's going to make you have to I think you have to reverse engineer with the startup you have to start with the customer mm-hmm. I, I think it's where you begin your journey rather than coming up with this great thing that then you're going to have to sell start by trying to understand what people want it's so much easier to sell what people want than than it is to sell what you want them to buy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's that's an important thing to remember also um stop using the word entrepreneur please you're not are, an entrepreneur are you, are you annoyed, annoyed with how glamorized deep, deep, it's deep, become deeply annoyed by that term mm-hmm. um you're not an entrepreneur you have a hobby right now because you have no money mm-hmm. and no income okay and just something you're passionate about when you're raising finance or you're bringing revenue through the door you have the start of a business Mhm when you can decide whether you want to go to work or not and that business is bringing that revenue in without you having to be there that's when you have a successful business Mm -hmm. until that time happens you don't because you in your business have to wake up every day worried about it Mm -hmm. you know and a small thing could happen that could blow up and you can't sleep that night Mm. because you're worried about that situation so for me uh, there's lots. I was in, I was in, um, judging a startup competition at the American University of Sharjah last two weeks ago, okay. and it was fascinating to see these these startups from all over the world. S- some people had brilliant ideas, but they just could not pitch for toffee. Yeah, um, that's the saddest. Um, and, and some people had really. Really, really crap ideas, you know, that they'd written a business plan for and they'd done their six months of research. They just need to rise the face the finance to get started. Okay. But boy, good, they were so polished. They were so, they were just, they knew how to engage the audience. They knew really? how to lean on the emotions of the audience uh, and get us interested and make us want it more. And that happened the same in Santa Monica two years ago, uh, something called Startup Dojo. There were loads of companies um, pitching in a pitch fest. Some Brilliant ideas. The best idea, Coco Jack. Look, I know it now. Okay, okay. the guy that invented a device mm-hmm. for opening the top of a coconut without losing all the milk. Oh, okay? I've seen this
0: device. <laughs> and he
1: stood there with his cap on, with his big red beard, and he made everybody laugh with a joke before he started. So instantly, he had likability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he he invented this product by accident. So he he got he got. So it was a good story. He he got into natural food and he was fat, and so he lost weight by getting into natural foods. And he got really angry because he kept losing the milk for the coconut. Mm -hmm. So his buddy in Dallas is an ironmonger. He said, "Can you try and make something?" So his buddy made something. He started using it. Somebody saw it said, can you make me one? So they made another one. Then they made another one. Now he's an online business. They sell 25,000 of them a year. Seriously? Okay. Yeah, to open coconuts. <laughs> and, but this guy had just had, he was just brilliant. I was so, inca- Dave, his name was. Dave, Dave, I live in a camper van. Um, but he had such a great story and it made me want to go buy coconuts. Okay. Wow. And then that's when And, I, and
0: two years later, you're still talking about that story. So. And he's
1: very investable. Because mm-hmm. he's very, he's very, he's very appealing. He, he knew his numbers like most of them did. Mm-hmm. There was one guy with some crypto business, and he pitched the crypto business. And, and I was a judge, and I said, "Right, my first piece of advice is stop pitching anything. Find somebody to pitch for you. Oh, <laughs> no, because you don't know. You really are not going to get any money. Oh, oh really? no. And it's, you have to be honest with some people. Yeah. Yeah." Um, but look everybody yeah but i
0: still feel bad for the guy he was
1: okay do you know what though with credit to him the next day he brought somebody else back to pitch and he did better. i give my i took my hat off to him i was like you listened and you applied and that's a big thing as well isn't it mm-hmm. but
2: i guess it's uh, as you said you should play to your strengths right so if you're not good at pitching maybe you should get your co-founder or somebody else to help you out with your pitch or do the pitch for you maybe. yeah you yeah. know yeah it's a skill isn't it like everything Mm. i hate this thing about salespeople are born
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i don't really buy into that it's a skill no
1: salespeople that are good like selling so they Mm. like what they do so they get better at it the same as if you like playing the guitar Mm. you'll get better at it
0: yeah yeah but i think uh I mean, in order to be a good salesperson, you need to be confident. And I feel like confidence is something that is probably innate. It's something that that you are born with and you can play it up and then be really good at sales. Have you met a salesperson that uh, when they're not selling are really, really shy and not confident?
1: Yeah. You have? They're they're some of the best. Really? Really? I find that surprising. Because look at me. Do I look like a salesman? yes (laughs) i do don't i i look like a salesperson that 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 introverted shy retiring character okay i I, I run a an an inner circle with a group of people every month Uh there's a guy called simon in that group he's the opposite of what you would imagine to be a great salesperson however i asked the team to, to to write down on a piece of paper who they would buy from within the group the majority of the people said simon Oh. Because he's the guy that isn't, doesn't look like he's coming to get your money. You know, he's oh, the guy that looks like okay. he just wants to help you. He okay. looks sincere, looks honest. He cares a lot about you. So for me, um, yeah, I think that it, it, but confidence is the same. If we learnt to ice skate and we'd never ice skated, we would have no confidence. Mm-hmm. But if we ice skated enough, every weekend we went for a couple of hours, our confidence would grow. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the same in selling. You you get some wins.
0: Mm-hmm
1: your confidence grows.
0: That's true, that's true. Um, I guess I've, I've never really been shy about going up to people and talking to people. Um, but um, in, in my last role uh, before I joined Yellow, um, which is an advertising and digital agency in design district, before I joined them, I was with the company for eight years. And my last role there was growth officers. So a lot of it was new business development. A lot of it was selling and it's true. You get a couple of, and I'm super competitive, so I like winning. So you get a couple of wins under your belt and you realize that um, there's there's not too much that can shake you or in, an, in a meeting or you'll find a way to spin it a little bit uh, better every time. So... So yeah, but but for sure I I do believe that it's a skill that consistently needs working on and uh, developing So how do people learn?
1: How to how do you learn anything first of all you've got to want to learn? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to learn to play the guitar So you could teach me but I'll be looking at the clock and you know getting tired of it very quickly You've got to want to learn that the majority of salespeople in the United Arab Emirates should not be in sales Mm -hmm. Uh, They shouldn't. And selling is is like the orphanage of industry, isn't it? You know, if you can't do anything else, you can get a job in sales. Yes. (laughs) You know? That's true. But it is, isn't it? If any of us turned up at a real estate broker or went to ten real estate brokers in Dubai, one of them would give us a job. Mm -hmm. Have you got any experience? No. Okay, how long have you been in Dubai? Five minutes. Have you got any money behind you? No. Okay. What do you think about real estate? I don't know anything about it. I just want a job selling. Okay. Come on then, someone's (laughs) gonna say that. That, And that's so sad because lots of people that are in sales in Dubai that aren't succeeding might be great nurses or interior designers or radio presenters. They might be great at lots of other things they're in sales because they feel they need to make money but they won't make money because they don't like doing it and when you don't like doing it that comes out of you from every part of your aura mm-hmm. okay on a consistent basis so I think that selling is it. The people that get into sales have got to want to be in sales it's like when you do, you're doing your podcast and I do mine I love doing it yeah, yeah I love doing it you know we you enjoy said to it me, as well do one every day. I'll be like, yeah, I'll be up for that. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. I love doing it. So it's when you find stuff that you like to do, do more of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, regardless of whether or not your role is in sales, don't you need to be good in sales to do anything?
2: But, uh, selling a Like to
0: get a job, to…
2: Yeah. No, but definitely to run a company. I think definitely to need run to a, a company. Uh, develop your sales skills because… There's sales not only involved in customers, but also your team, uh, also investors or, um, you know, uh, of course, other businesses who might want to interact with you or you need to do dealings with. So there's lots of angles where sales are involved. So I think uh, it's definitely a skill for entrepreneurs to to have. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, I have a question. I'm going to name three people and you have to tell me who is the best salesperson out of the three of them. Okay. Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, or Steve Jobs?
1: Based upon what criteria?
0: You define the criteria.
1: Well, the best salesman, Steve Jobs, because he had the most success.
2: <laughs> um, I would it, think the same thing, yeah. I, I,
0: I don't know if he was good at sales. He was good at marketing. And I think that oh. that line is sometimes blurry. But uh,
2: I think it's one and the same. If you can convince somebody to buy your products, it's it's kind of the same thing, right? he, he Do you think
0: it's the same thing? Sales sa- and sal- ma-
2: no, they're different things. Sales
1: and marketing are different things. Yeah, marketing is pull, sales is push, mm-hmm. and in marketing you build a brand, mm-hmm. which is what Steve did. He built a brand. And people wanted, you know, you used to see them queuing up outside the store mm. for the phone. Yeah, what, what did, he, what did Steve Jobs say? Um, I'm going to make this phone so good you're going to want to lick it. <laughs> and that's what people I'm started to, put to a do. That is songs to, in your pocket. Uh, there you go, thousand songs in your pocket. So he, he focused on building a brand. Um, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk focused on building a brand Tony Robbins focused on infomercials So he was focused on selling Um, And he has built a brand But he built a brand through selling Now Russell Brunson is probably an interesting person To bring to that discussion Because he owns ClickFunnels Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. and Russell Brunson was on stage recently at the Ten X Growth Con of Grant Cardone's, and he had a dig at Gary Vaynerchuk.
0: Oh, really? Uh, yeah,
1: there's a little bit of there's a there's a little bit of love lost there. Okay, because uh, Gary is brand, 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 brand. Don't sell anything. Don't sell anything. Build your brand. Build your brand. Build your brand. People will come. Mm-hmm. Whereas Russell's like, sell stuff sell stuff sell stuff (laughs) through funnels anything you want to sell you can sell through a funnel run funnels run ads okay run ads run ads oh well run some more ads and then take them through the landing pages no one needs to worry about websites anymore it's all about landing pages Mm -hmm. make your sales that way and there are decent arguments for both Mm -hmm. but russell's about the push yeah okay gary's about the pull. the problem with what gary does is that gary's focused on you not making any money for as long as possible then you'll be okay for life because it won't stop coming in whereas russell's like russell Russell said gary Vaynerchuk charges a hundred thousand dollars for a speech okay yeah and he said and I've been on stage today for 90 minutes and made three million dollars how many speeches
2: has he got to do for that
1: <laughs> and really? so, so, you know if you listen to Russell Brunson's podcast he talks about I that haven't exactly. really but yeah. I do
2: I do know about click funnels and do you think it's an effective sales tool yeah hundred percent have you used them yourself yeah I use them yeah okay.
1: itself, that click, click funnels itself that company those products I use click funnels for to get people to attend my events and my workshops and my webinars. Mm. Is it effective? Yeah, very. Okay. okay. Well, what's the alternative. If I want to get 100 people in a seminar, mm-hmm. what's my alternative? Send out emails that have an open rate of six to 10%.
0: Usually less, yeah.
1: Yeah, usually less, so that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Call hundreds of people, so hopefully some will answer and I can invite them over the phone so they can say to me maybe. Mm-hmm. Or run ads, take them to a landing page, get them to register, it's way more efficient use of time and effort and energy. What about cost effectiveness? Mm, it's very cost effective too. Think mm. about it. So, a hundred people to attend a seminar means you have to have four hundred people registered. Okay. Because twenty-five percent will show up for a free mm-hmm. seminar. You have to have
0: a thousand four thousand
1: to? to click on. Okay. Uh, on the so, the advert. So
0: ten percent uh, lead.
1: Yep. And to get 4,000 people to click, uh, to get 400 registered, to get 100 attend the event, let's say you'd spend $2,000. Okay. In, in advertising, maybe mm-hmm. 3,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much would it cost? Okay, in terms of time. Time, yeah. Fit, let's say you had all the data and you had to get 100 people to
2: come and nobody, and had to and no, make calls. nobody knew you. Mm. So you had to cold call those people. Right. So you're using your digital advertising as your sales technique to convince somebody to then move on to the next stage of the funnel. So for, for you listeners who don't know what ClickFunnels is, um, I've, I've looked at it in the past. I've never used it. But uh, ClickFunnels is a system. Uh, it's pretty much automated where, uh, where uh, customers are driven through a customer journey where like you offer something free initially, you get somebody's email address, then you sell them on a product and it goes in those stages if I'm not mistaken, correct? It does for product sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
1: the way that Russell, Pos- Russell positions it is um, create, uh, create an ad, <coughs> a video or a, um, uh, a picture ad with text. Okay. okay. Take them to an irresistible offer. Let's say it's um, so diet tablets for the sake of whatever I can think about right now. Yeah. <laughs> diet, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> diet tablets.
0: Please, Download an ebook. No, <laughs> not download an ebook because
1: that's free. So you take them somewhere and you sell them something very cheaply. Okay. And then what Russell says is take them to another landing page and sell them the same stuff but sell them ten times as much of it for the okay. same price yeah. or a bit cheaper. Because people will buy it cheaply. Then they realize they can buy four, four, four bottles of it there on the next page. And it's even cheaper. So typically people will buy again. That's product selling on a funnel. I don't, okay. sell, I don't have a product I sell on a funnel. I, I use a funnel to get people to attend a webinar, or a workshop, a seminar that want to come and learn from me. I don't do any selling in the funnel. All I'm doing is getting them to attend You're an event. You're doing
0: recruiting in the funnel.
2: Uh, yeah, get yeah. attendees to attend an event, yeah. Okay but uh, do you like offer something free initially so the that
0: seminar is free initially the
2: seminar is
1: free so they get to be they, they get to learn from mm-hmm. okay. Your, yours truly <laughs> okay. with my the gangster with my, with my with my hair slicked back looking like a typical sales guy <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: i wouldn't say you look like a typical sales guy i but don't if, but if you were to ask me whether i'm a sales guy or not i would say sales guy <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm proud of that though
0: um so in marketing uh, have you heard of seth gordon
2: Yeah, I know Seth. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So you know him. I know Seth. I know Seth. So Seth Gordon is all about permission marketing, right? Like you have to opt in in order for me to talk to you. And I think that that's the approach salespeople should take as well. uh, Okay, this
1: is interesting for me. Yesterday in Australia, they banned cold calling on some particular products, okay? I'm so excited. No, I'm not. Oh, really? Because I don't answer my phone if I don't know who's calling. Mm-hmm. So if a number rings me and I don't know who it is, I don't go, "Ooh, it's a phone call. I go, oh, don't interrupt me. Even if my mum calls me, I'm like, uh, oh, because it interrupts what you're doing we use these we use this device now less as a phone than we do have ever before in our lives we've got them on silent most of the time if we know we need to take a call about a particular subject fine but i don't get the calls from the double glazing salespeople, the credit card salespeople, because when that and that phone rings i don't answer it if, if they want me and they know me they can send me a whatsapp mm-hmm. now if i'm going to call you i will actually whatsapp
2: you first and ask you if you're free mm-hmm. yeah but, uh, but I think uh, I don't like the fact that somebody else has my number without my permission. Like Yeah,
0: or somebody's choosing to talk to me. With yeah, a, okay, sure, I chose to answer. the phone. Hold on a
2: minute. Are you an IT
1: dude? Yeah. Did you just say that? What? Uh-huh. That do you use social media? Yeah, of course I do. Do you realize that your camera's on all the time on your phone and your microphone's on all the time?
0: <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't feel like the same kind of interruption as someone giving you a call. No,
1: no, no.
2: But what you're saying is you don't like people having your number. Yeah, I don't like people having my phone number.
0: Yeah, okay, it's like people know everything about you. But Sam, people are watching you. See Facebook, see,
2: Facebook knows that we're here
1: right now. Facebook knows that... But I, uh, what you uh, but I opt
2: to give them that information, right? Like, even if I'm using Google's... I agree. Even if I'm using Facebook's services or I'm installing the app on my phone or Google or, or Apple or whoever, I understand that I'm giving up some of my privacy. But... You're when, choosing When to. a random uh, company buys a telephone list with my phone number on it and then gives me a call, uh, an unsolicited call that I never expected, I hate that. That's that's super annoying. <laughs> but what do we used to do? We used to have a telephone directory in our houses when we were younger,
1: what well, I yeah. did. Yeah. when The telephone was under the stairs and attached to a wall and there was a bench and there was a table and, and there was a book and the <laughs> telephone
0: book had everybody's names that's and numbers true. in. That's
2: true. Yeah. That's
0: true. But yeah but it's, people
2: it's, abuse that so yeah people you know, have been abusing
0: cold calling for and trying to sell you stuff for way too long it's that the it's the least
1: productive it's the least productive way without doubt of trying to make sales cold mm-hmm. calling mm-hmm. It, it's the most time intensive and the least productive it's the, the worst use of time um I, I, I was teaching a company yesterday about, they were like, yeah, but you talk about building brand spencer, so you talk about sharing content, bringing valuable content to people. You know, we need to make sales. And I was like, okay, let's make sales. Mm-hmm. And I, and I uh, wrote a message to five, com- five company CEOs on LinkedIn.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: A personalized message to each one of them, five companies. Okay, it's so on my phone right now. I can show you four of them responded within 20 or 12 hours. Okay, one hasn't. So four out of the five have responded to have a meeting with me mm-hmm. so that I can market my products and services. I did it as an experiment to show the people I was with that if you do things the right way and you know how to approach people in the right way and remember that when that som- someone sees your message, they're going to look at your profile straight away. And if your profile is appealing with the right type of content on it, showing people that you add value, then they're
2: probably gonna be uh, curious to find out more. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So um, speaking of which, so uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, I know myself, I've done it before, and i see other people do it to me as well where uh people send you messages on linkedin cuz they want a meeting or they want advice or they want uh you know they want to meet other founders or whatever so uh do you have any advice for people who are looking to reach people on linkedin uh what like do you have any tips or any advice don't
0: be like fahima <laughs> or fatima <laughs>
1: Okay, do you want me to take a, an example? Sure. Yeah. yeah. That person's name I won't say, but you can see he's the CEO of a company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you can see that? Yep. yep. Okay. So, looks quite official, doesn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, good morning, David. Way. Apologies for messaging through LinkedIn, but this is the only contact of yours that I have. I would love to grab a coffee with you at some point to introduce myself and show you how I have been adding value to other real estate companies in the region. I have been able to massively increase sales conversions and revenue, along with helping reduce brokerages' monthly spend on property portals, which I'm confident would work extremely, uh, extremely effectively within your business too. When will be a good time for you? Many thanks, and have an awesome day, Spencer. Okay, okay so there's the
0: message. Mm-hmm.
1: That was sent, and he's 9:43, 8:45 in the in the after in the evening. Uh, hi Spencer thanks for reaching out would you be available on Sunday the 24th of February for a coffee at 11 a.m. at our offices mm-hmm. yeah yep and I obviously respond yes mm-hmm. so look at that on your, on, your on, the, on the phone though there's a little there's a little icon next to my my name a little picture of me and a little picture of him yeah yes mm-hmm. so he would have gone Bosch I need to touch that I need to come to this mm-hmm. my profile page mm-hmm. my right. profile page says the following want to become a sales rock star And experience phenomenal success in business I want to help you Mm. okay what does most people's LinkedIn profile say I'm the bees knees (laughs) I've done this and I graduated from this university no one gives a shit about you they care about what you can do for them yeah that's what people care about okay what can this guy do for me so someone's gone to that that's exactly where he will go if he doesn't know me which Mm -hmm. maybe he does and maybe he doesn't Mm -hmm. and then he'll go in there there's videos he can watch Mm -hmm. videos okay there's an explanation of what i can do to help people okay and so he would have done what most people would do now, if you go to most people's profiles, you look at it and you're like, <laughs> no chance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. do,
1: though, don't you? Yeah. you who's he? Yeah. You know? yeah. But with mine, my profile is positioned in such a way. I've created content like you guys have. I've yeah. created huge amounts of content so that if anybody wants to research me, they mm-hmm. can and it's out there. And this is where people don't get it. If, if you are invisible and then you start pitching people, you're still invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Make yourself visible. Demonstrate you add value. Then you can pitch people.
0: So yeah. that's step one. Step one is to build your own personal brand and find whatever, play up your strengths on LinkedIn, on social, however it is that people can find out about you before you go on and approach people.
1: Get your mobile phone on a tripod, stand in front of a whiteboard, okay, get a plug-in mic and teach people stuff. Mm -hmm. right yeah you know stuff that I don't know and you know what it could be really valuable to me Mm -hmm. you know stuff that I don't know it could be really valuable to me teach me stuff and all you got to do is produce a number of videos like that where you teach people stuff it positions you as an expert in your field yeah and that's really important
2: Mm -hmm. so speaking of content so one of our strategies with the Jarkar was to create content do content marketing and um, so uh, I have a personal YouTube channel all right and uh, we knew that most of our customers. Are you plug in that right now. Yeah, of course. Right. I'm yeah, <laughs> it right it's now. really good. I've heard
1: your numbers are really good. <laughs>
2: this is what we do. So um, uh, you know, you can always use your different channels. So uh, it's a personal channel. It's a vlog, but uh, I started a series on it called Living in Dubai, and. Um, you know, we started doing topics about uh, things that people might want to know when they're moving to the buy. And the idea behind it, of course, was to promote my company because, you know, people need a rental car when they move to the buy. They don't have a driving license yet, they can't buy a car as yet. So it's a necessity, uh, more or less, for people who are moving. I also thought it's a good niche to focus on because, you know, it's a good advertising uh, target market. So uh, it's a, you know, multiple ways to monetize it. So, so but it really worked. I think more than thirty to forty percent of the traffic that uh, you know comes to Ajarka organically comes yeah. through the the content that we create. Yeah, uh, and yeah.
0: it's adding real value. It is about yeah. cost of living in Dubai. It is about things you know when you're setting up a business in Dubai. It and we've randomly met people who who have said that they did look at that content before moving to Dubai. Yeah. So. I mean, it's great that, of course, the, the purpose of it is to drive traffic to HR car, but it is great that it's also added value to people's lives yeah. when, when they're looking to move.
2: And it's awesome when like, people reach out to you and be like, oh, you know, like, you really helped me out. Uh, you know, it really made a difference. And um, uh, yeah. It means it, everything, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. That's, that's, that's yeah. It really I means think it. that that's a really cool part yeah. of creating content. It's like interacting with other people who might be really distant or far away or like who you might not want to have a, a, a one-on-one conversation with, but you know you have that digital connection. So it's yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of content, what are you hoping to achieve out of the podcast, out of Spencer Lodge podcast?
1: So I want to be everywhere that people are paying attention mm-hmm. and i know that we're moving into google home and alexa and these other devices that are becoming f- very common in some countries not so much here yet but still popular we use alexa uh, you okay mm-hmm. um, and i look at it like this if i go on my phone and i search for something on google it's going to give me 10 options on page one and it's going to give me 10 on page two and many many more if i ask that of alexa it's going to give me one option mm-hmm. And so I want to be that one option. A great example of that was: Have you ever, have you ever heard of Udemy? Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes.
1: So Udemy, if you actually look on Udemy, it's really interesting when you look at the people that have got their courses there. The the, the top two or three in every segment are killing it, and everyone else is dead. Yeah. All right, everyone else is really picking up the pieces behind. So the first two or three have, uh, own it. Mm -hmm. now whether that's crochet whether that's learning algebra whether that's learning blooming chinese doesn't matter top three killing it because again if you went to find a course learning you know we're, we're going to learn Mandarin mm. okay and the three of us sat there in front of the PC one evening who we're going to choose one of the top three we're not going yeah. to choose Ethel okay <laughs> Ethel 52 from Iowa okay? <laughs> <laughs> but we're not are we at the bottom of the yeah. list there she's down there a like, the little video from her going oh I teach tiny <laughs> to Mandarin it's like oh my <laughs> Ethel we'll go to the top because the courses yeah. are the it's same the price or similar. Yeah? As well yeah so that's the same for me when I look at the future of voice um, I know that in the car every day I listen to podcasts yeah Same. and if not audiobooks but predominantly podcasts. And so if that's what I'm doing and I'm just a regular person then I think that's what some other people do. So I need to make sure that I'm producing content in a way that's palatable and consumable by certain people on a regular basis in a way that's right for them. Yep. Based around my knowledge area, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not there's no point me doing a podcast about
0: how to the, play the guitar.
1: How to play the guitar? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, same with us as well. Um, Sid started ajar car two years ago, and since we were a startup, uh, and podcast is a great way of passively learning. Yeah, um, while you're commuting, while you're in the gym, while we are walking Zoe, our dog. Um, so we. Uh, Really indulged in and, and listened to a lot of audiobooks and a lot of podcasts. And I think we really like the platform. So, a lot of people asked us when we were starting Startup Hustle, uh, why are you doing an audio version? Because podcasts are not that big in this region. So, we do a video version as well as an audio version as well. But I, I think that podcasts have, there's a lot of opportunity in that. I know, I
1: know somebody that does podcasts just to get clients. Really? So really? what they do is they interview people on a podcast, video and audio. They spend the podcast time plus half an hour before and half an hour afterwards, and they sell them. Oh, really?
0: They're and, in real estate. Well,
1: they're built. No. They they built a good relationship. They're in um, content marketing. Okay, <laughs> but okay. I, I think that was really interesting. When I learnt that some months ago, I'm like, that's a great way to get clients. Run a yeah. podcast, interview people who you'd like to do business with. People yeah. like they they ego to be ma- ego to be massage. You know, you phone somebody up or you send them a message like, I'd love my audience to hear your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the people are like, oh really would you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> their first question is not how big is your audience one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me, you know it's. The, <laughs> my mom <laughs> yeah. my mom's great um, but again that, that is actually not a bad way if you're in the business of generating
2: leads to get g- good people so yeah the, the reason we started this podcast was twofold one is uh, we get to meet other entrepreneurs and learn from them right so we all, many times we have conversations post the podcast and we go into like more details that we can't share publicly uh, but we learn from each other uh, we also meet with the VCs, so uh, that helps us, you know, build our relationship with them. So, you know, that, that the podcast is really helping. Actually, it's really doing well. Like uh, numbers are growing as well people seem to like the information we're sharing I heard and really and good things about you before I met you oh really awesome yeah, was, it was it from
1: Raj no 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 I was asked I my mum <laughs> 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 but no I, I heard like really good things about you so oh, that's awesome. really positive stuff and I respect awesome. as well I do respect what Raj has to say you know he runs mm-hmm. all of my content strategy for me mm-hmm. um, and so yeah i taken off to you guys because you're doing awesome. a good job and same
0: we, we understand the hustle as well of uh, working a podcast and so, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, Spencer?
1: Right. So, if you're an author, you're an authority. Mm-hmm. A book is a better business card than a business card. So, for me, it's again part of a content strategy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A best selling book, again, establishes you as an expert in your particular chosen field. Mm-hmm. And then there's a 48, 49 year old guy that. Um, I'd never written a book and thought it might be a cool thing to do, um, and started with loads of enthusiasm and excitement.
0: Started <laughs> Which with and rapidly finished went
1: with. downhill. <laughs> <laughs> think of the task ahead of me, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, I wanted I, again. It's I wanted to put uh, content in a way that people could palate it, and I and I like a, a book. I don't like a Kindle, so uh, I like to hold same, the book. Same with me, okay. Yeah
0: like the tactile feeling yeah, of I like holding feel a
1: bit. I like, I like to get my thumb to ache mm-hmm. when I'm holding it between the do mm-hmm. you know what I mean like, and, and
0: dog ear yeah. the pages yeah. and,
1: stuff. and so I, w- I wanted to write a book to give people content in that way I also wanted to tell a lot more of my personal story because people don't necessarily know my my younger years and what happened to me, but also in 2012, what happened to me. Um, and that, the, the, the book shares that story. Uh, the sad thing about a book is once you publish it um, and you're talking about sales in the modern generation, click funnels, mm. it becomes outdated very quickly. So yeah. don't go to chapter 12, just skip that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you have to write another book.
1: Yeah, there, you know, and that's the other funny thing. As soon as you write a book and, you, and it goes out, all of a sudden you've got another book in you yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have another book in me right now
2: so was it hard writing a book yeah yeah how long yeah. did it take
1: 18 months Wow off continuous work on it no just continue <laughs> continually be frustrated Bro- by, procrastinating. by it, <laughs> it was Bro- the it's, it's, it's honestly tough nine. yeah and I had somebody helping me with it as well um, but it was it was hard work okay. it, it was it, and it's just you you have to tell the story the way that you speak you have to tell the story the way that the way that, that you feel about things mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you have to be really you know, the more vulnerable you are the better actually And mm-hmm. so it's sometimes tough to be as vulnerable as you maybe should be mm-hmm. no.
0: Okay, and your book is about selling so and considering your whole history um, What advice would you give? uh founders aspiring founders or people that are starting their entrepreneurial journey in relation to sales or not
1: okay so so my advice to every single startup out there is to understand what are the most important things to know the skills to have for your business to 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 not be massively successful but to take off okay so if you're going to be in the business of of needing to raise finance then ask yourself what skills you need to raise finance if you're going in the business of you know creating technology then and you're that person Who is gonna be around you that is going to be able to do the other parts of the job that you can't do? I mean, I've seen this with tech companies time and time again. There's people get so immersed in the product itself. And the features. And and that's the value. And it's not, it's a business. Mm -hmm. And, And that you have to remember, but more than anything else, as much as it's your passion and your baby, it's a business, mm-hmm. and so you have to know what the business skills are to make that work. And if that's not raising money, just selling a load of a load of that product, then learn how to sell it, or if not, find somebody that can. But mm-hmm. take it really seriously, you know. Don't don't take that part and and think you need. You know, you wouldn't work with a doctor that wasn't qualified. You wouldn't sit with a chartered accountant who wasn't qualified, and you certainly wouldn't have a lawyer represent you in court that hadn't got the bar exam passed. Mm-hmm. Why on earth do you think that selling is any different? Mm -hmm. be qualified be a professional because if you are a professional salesperson a professional marketeer okay you'll be far more efficient and effective at your at the job function you have to you know uh, deploy at that time
0: Mm -hmm. sure so play up your strengths and if you don't have not play up the
1: strengths go and learn
0: go and learn or go and find someone who can
1: if you don't don't want to do it find someone that can but either way that that skill must be part of your business Mm
0: -hmm. yeah great
2: cool so uh that was some really good advice from Spencer Lodge over here. Uh we're going to leave links for all of Spencer's stuff in the description so you can go check out his book, uh, check you, out
0: his podcast. You can we'll also check out his podcast. We'll be in it soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, you can come. Please, I'd love you to have you come to my show. I'd love you to. <laughs>
0: and that's my way of making sure we do. <laughs> we have
1: committed on camera. But I committed anyway.
0: That's true, that's true. Spencer is a man of his word. We know him for two hours now. <laughs> and, and we can tell.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so um, so we're gonna leave uh, links for all of Spencer's stuff in the description he does regular sales events so if you guys want to go check that out uh, it's a it's a, you know it's a good skill to know for pretty much any industry that you're in thanks Spencer for being on the podcast and uh, if you guys want to reach out to Spencer, uh how do they uh, what's the best for you to get in touch with you don't <laughs>
0: <Okay.
2: laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
1: spencer.lodge in uh, spencer. on instagram my, my website spencerlodge.tv uh spencer lodge official on facebook just uh, i've got a weird name it sounds like an old people's home so you can you can find me quite easily <laughs> i think it
0: socials. sounds like a very salesperson
1: name spencer really lodge. yes no. never yes really <laughs> yeah but I, i'll I take it but no one's yeah. ever said that
0: Um, so please uh, review us on Anchor we are available on all podcast platforms we are also available on YouTube so if you're not an audio person you can check us out on video Um, and you can see Spencer's dashing gangster suit as well alright and do subscribe on YouTube subscribe on your podcast platforms Again, leave us a review and a rating. It really helps us out and puts our podcast in front of people that could really drive value from it. So,
2: yeah, I think that's it.
0: Keep on hustling.